0: As the deadline for accepting post-secondary applications comes closer and closer, families are getting more and more stressed about which decision is the right one for them, to take a gap year or to head back to school in the fall. In this episode, I'm going to share with you some of the flags that I look for and some of the indicators that I see that a gap year is not the right decision for you. So hopefully you can take a listen and it will help guide you on your journey. explore the who, what, where, when, and why of gap years. It's real people sharing their stories, ideas, and experts diving deep into how you can make the right decisions in order to have a meaningful gap year. This is the place to be no matter where you are on your gap year journey. I'm Michelle Dittmer, your resident gap year expert. Let's jump right in. and welcome to the gap year podcast. My name is Michelle Dittmer and I am your host and gap year expert. Today I want to weigh in on the subject of who should not be taking a gap year. Now, I have been speaking with multiple families every day about their decision making process. And uh, there's a lot of uncertainty about what people are thinking and where their heads are at at this moment. And as we approach that those those acceptance deadlines, people are getting nervous, and they're really feeling a little bit crunched. So hopefully this information will be helpful to you. I've been supporting families for over a decade in making this decision, and I have seen the power in folks taking gap years. I know how much potential lies in that ambiguity that comes from being outside of a structured system, and I know all of the different ways that people tell me at the end of their year that they've grown in their confidence, in their independence, in their ability to make decisions in their ability to be self-reliant and to realize that they have the strengths to carry through. We heard this in Grace's podcast. We heard this in Max's podcast. And if you haven't listened to them, I'll link to them in the show notes but really, the hindsight is twenty twenty for these young people, being able to look back at their year and see how they've grown and changed. Uh, but looking forward is so much more complicated. And sometimes when we're looking forward, we just see empty white space. We see the uncertainty. We see the potential for wasted or lost time. And we see that the majority of people are headed off on a different path but when we shift our our perception of what lies before us we can also see adventure we can also see Taking time to explore what really matters to you and to be responsible for your own learning beyond what happens in a textbook and what happens in a classroom and taking on different challenges or really seeing that before them is a whole world of opportunity. And, and that's that ha- that is all there, regardless of whether COVID-19 came or not, I would be probably publishing this particular uh, episode anyways. But this year, it's just been amplified com- it, to a completely new level. And, and everybody's favorite word these days is an unprecedented level, because it is a novel situation. We're all in a new situation with new decisions and new variables factoring into that. So... Right now, we've been thrown so many curveballs that some people are just swinging wildly, hoping that they're going to hit something, and and others have just stopped swinging the bat altogether. So I hope I hope you appreciate that sports uh, baseball reference when we can't get access to any professional sports. But I think it's really. Appropriate that we're we're just being asked so many different times in so many different ways to make decisions without all the information available to us, and that's a really really uncomfortable place to be. And I just want to say to all of you out there that there's no right approach to making this decision, um, and there is no wrong approach. We just don't have all the information. The universities and colleges don't have all the information. I don't have all the information about exactly what a gap year could look like for you. And we're all doing our very best to come up with the best case scenario. And we're all going to have to remain really agile as things evolve and change because we don't know where things are going and we don't know when things are going that way. So it's a very, very uncomfortable time for a lot of people. And in speaking with these families, everybody is wondering, well, is a gap year the right thing for me? And the reality comes down to it's only you can make this decision for you. Every family situation is completely unique from financial requirements to the young person's own skill set and their aptitude for online learning, to the family's values and philosophy and their their risk profile. And I think that it's, it's really something that is just so unique. And my goal here is to give you some high level guidelines, but you really have to sit down and, and go through and do the work yourself because it's not gonna be an easy decision. So although I believe that the gap year pathway when done purposefully is so beneficial and it- and, and can lead to so much growth. And this year, I think that there is even more of an opportunity to really step into the driver's seat and, and take responsibility for the next year amidst all of that ambiguity. But that being said, it's not for everyone. And I don't encourage the folks who I don't think would be a good fit to take this pathway. So just want to be very frank that that this is not a business. This is a nonprofit organization that's working Working to help people have purposeful gap years. And if you're going to be on a path that I think would be an unpurposeful gap year or a purposeless gap year, then I don't think that it is the right decision for you. And I will tell you right out. So in order to serve more of you and to give you some of that, I really wanted to jump in and and give you some tips and tricks and to talk about who, when I see them, um, what the flags are that pop up to uh, let me know that maybe a gap year isn't the right pathway for you. So if you're listening, hopefully you can see some of this uh, in your own family and, and decide if any of these indicators might exist for you. But before we jump into that, I really want to talk about what is the worst case scenario. And I think it's really important that we keep this in perspective. Although this is a major life decision, um Likely nobody's going to die. Um, it, it won't be the worst decision you've ever made in your entire life. And it's not going to cause any irreversible damage. So just keep that in perspective. So whether you choose to go to post-secondary or you choose to, keep, to take a gap year, um, it is not going to end in anything absolutely detrimental. It is not finite. We can adjust our course as we go. So in the very, very worst case scenario, if you choose to take a gap year, um, the worst case scenario is that it was a very demotivating year and the young person felt that it was a waste of their time and that they're no further ahead. Um, and maybe that they feel that their peers are a year ahead of them uh, and that is the absolute worst case scenario gap years are meant to move you forward and help you achieve your your own goals but if that's not there for you then you just need to to recognize that um, that maybe you're a year older and there are some things that came of that year but for the most part um, most of us can look back on our lives and, and look back at years that maybe weren't as enjoyable or weren't as productive as we had hoped, but we all move past that. And and a year in the scope of what's looking to be 100 plus years of life, um, it it might be worth the gamble to to step into a gap year this year. Um, So let's jump into what are those indicators that I looked for for people to not take a gap year. So the big one at the top of people's mind right now is what is the school situation that they are being faced with? And how does that play into their decision? And that's what's actually bringing a lot of families to me, uh, is the uncertainty of what's happening in September, and that September is not going to be the September that they had been anticipating. And so when it comes to this, this is only a small piece of what I look like for the fit for a gap year, but it's top of mind for most of your family. So I really want to get this uh, out and into the open first and foremost. Um, So if you are looking down the pipe at a program that is a highly competitive program and admission in future years is not likely, then it might not be worth the risk. You might just want to slug it out and, um, and, and start your first year. So some schools are allowing deferrals, some are not. Some are still figuring out what their deferral policy might look like for this year, uh, but it is something worth exploring regardless of your program. But a especially if it is a highly competitive program. And what a deferral is, is it's an opportunity once you have accepted your offer, reach out to the school and say I would love to come but September 2020 doesn't look like the right fit for me. I would be much suited to start in 2021. Now the schools have already said that you have what it takes to be in this program Uh, so it's just a matter of the logistics if it is going to be possible for you to attend the following year and now every school has different deferral policies and they are changing so you need to be in touch with the school The fastest way to do it is to just Google deferral policy plus the name of your institution and that will hopefully give you an email address or a phone number to reach out to if not you can reach out to the admissions team or the registrar's office and they can point you in the right direction Uh, it might take a couple phone calls because everybody is trying to figure out what this looks like but stick with it keep going until you get the answer that you need Um, so So that's point number one, is is if you're in a highly competitive program and admission in future years is going to be challenging, maybe it makes more sense to head right into post-secondary. The other piece that you need to factor into is that uh, if you are comfortable with the online learning scenario and taking that independence and doing it from home, then by all means, get going, do it. Uh, If that is a place where you are happy and comfortable, then there's no reason to second guess that. Uh, the education is going to be there in that form the knowledge is going to be transmitted whether it's transmitted in person or through a video screen that information can be transmitted so if you are an independent learner that has done well in their last semester and really enjoyed that experience keep on that pathway there's no sense to disrupt a good thing If, if that's where you're comfortable keep going. The other thing to consider is uh, the finances when it comes to scholarships. In some cases, scholarships are lost if you're not making a direct transition from high school into post-secondary. So I think it's important to take a look, if you have been awarded a scholarship, take a look at the fine print, or even reach out to the the grantor, whoever is providing you with that scholarship, and find out what the parameters are of that scholarship. Because again, unprecedented times they may be shifting and changing their policies as well in order to accommodate these students as as they know that things are looking very, very different this year. Now, to, to keep things in perspective when it comes to the school side of the decision, Schools are adapting and changing, and they are trying to figure it out just as the rest of us are. Um, They are not, they don't have any additional information. They don't have any foresight that we don't have. So they are looking to to make the adaptations that they need to have a really meaningful or as meaningful as possible, uh, but different experience for their first year students. So they're they're looking at reduced enrollment. They're planning for reduced enrollment. They know that students might have challenges with the tuition costs, or they might have challenges with the online learning platforms, or they're, they're hoping to hold out for their Frosh Week in residence experience. So they're very aware for that. And that means they're also planning for increased enrollment in 2021. Um, they need to... they already understand that there's going to be reduced this year therefore there's going to be a boom next year so they're already planning for that and looking at that so don't feel that if you don't go this year that next year is going to be another hot mess um, because they they have a longer runway to figure out what's going to happen for September 2021 and I can tell you that September 2021 enrollment is going to look different than September 2019 and different than September 2020 so I think you just need to, to step into that and be comfortable with the fact that things are going to be different and we don't know what it's going to look like. But we're all in the same boat when it comes to those spots at university. And um, I, I think it's just important to keep that in mind. Now I I want you to remember here that I am not anti-education. I am not anti-university or anti-college. I think everybody um, who who needs or has a hunger to learn more should be pursuing post-secondary education at some point when it is right for them. And I think that that right now, we also need to recognize that to a certain extent, universities have to think like a business right now, they have salaries to pay, they have buildings to keep open, they have research projects that can't be stopped. And they are, they are forced under the same pressures that every other organization out there is. And so they do need bums in states to stay afloat. Your tuition money is important to them. Um, they are building the plane as they fly. They don't have all the answers. They're trying to to make lemonade just like the rest of us. And so education is going to look and change over the course of this year, even. Um, and so. I'm really not trying to be controversial or facetious by bringing this up, but I think it's really important to keep that in mind too, that, that although these educational institutions are here to educate all of our kids and all of our population, they also do have fiscal responsibility and your tuition money plays into that. So whether you want to support that by by lending them your tuition, or you want to um, recognize the messaging that's coming out also has that, the messaging that comes out from the universities also has that lens to it. Um, That's up to you to really make those decisions. But I, I, I really want you to consider all of these things that When you're making this decision to school or not to school, are you prepared to go along for the ride with them in the driver's seat? Uh, Are you prepared to go along with the tuition that they're putting in front of you? Are you prepared to go along with the rules of engagement that they are setting forth in terms of what does learning look like? What are the timelines for things? What is part of a university experience and what is not part of a university experience in COVID times? Um, And and I just really want you to to think about that when you are looking at the school side of this decision. Um, The flexibility that comes from a gap year is that you get into the driver's seat. And if... In three months time we're now allowed to travel that you could change your plans on a dime if in two months time we are locked down completely and we need government approval to leave our house then you can change your plans accordingly you're not at the beck and call of um, a third party out there so that's something to also consider um, when it comes to to whether you should be pursuing um, heading into university or not But what it comes down to is this is really, to go or not to go to school is really a highly personal decision based on your own family values, on how you perceive where the risk lies. And a good old pro and con list is going to go really far in this situation. Sitting down and hammering out and being very clear about what are the benefits of going to post-secondary, and what are some of the drawbacks, and then do a similar list for a gap year. And uh, I think that will really, really help you. And if you need a little bit more support on that, a couple weeks ago, I did uh, an episode on values-based decision-making, and I will make a link to that in the show notes as well. Now, beyond the school Discussion. There are other things that I look for that tell me that somebody is not a good fit for taking a gap year. So the things that I look for are family dynamic and i'm going to use the terms kid and parent in this i know you're not a kid i know that they're not little kids um, but it's the easiest way to distinguish between the two in this relationship so please bear with me as i use the word kid um, the first thing that i look for uh, that's a big flag for me is is there a disconnect between the parents and kids In every situation, parents are cheerleaders, they're motivators, they're inspirations, they're a support system. And that is really important on a gap year because there is so much ambiguity. You're charting your own path. There are so many decisions to make and you're adapting your plans and you're doing something different than your peers. Um, You really need some adult support in this process to, to build the skills in order to be comfortable in those situations. Now, you don't need to have like an A++ relationship, uh, but there needs to be open communication and there needs to be genuine support of whatever pathway that the family chooses. So you need to, to be there. And this doesn't look like helicopter parenting. This doesn't mean that you need to be making decisions um, uh, for your kid. It's It's that you are there to support them, but not do it for them. And, and that's actually the second flag. So the first flag for family dynamic is that they are disconnected from their parents. The second flag is if the parents are overzealous Um, and, In order to have a good gap year, the parents need to be comfortable empowering their kids to make decisions. They need to be comfortable with calculated risk taking and they need to be ready to let their kids fail and learn from those failures and move themselves forward and really capture the learning. So, if that parent is overzealous and is going to be planning and designing that gap year for their kid, that's a flag for me because this is really an opportunity for that young person to take some leadership in their lives. Um, Another flag that I see is if the parents and the kids are misaligned, Uh, everybody needs to be on the same page. And sometimes I get kids who are totally sold and the parents are hesitant. Or I get parents who are totally sold and the kids are hesitant. It's equally, if not more important, that the kid in this situation is bought into the pathway. If they don't want to participate in whatever decision has been made, then they're not going to thrive. They're not going to have a positive experience. And this goes both ways, gap year or post-secondary. They need to be uh, alongside of the decision that's being made. Um... So I think that if they really want to be in school, then they will loathe everything that happens on their gap year because it's not where they want to be. So there needs to be alignment for me to recommend a gap year. I also look for um, a sense of realistic expectations that the family and the individual have Um, if they think that somebody else is going to do all the work for them, and just by snapping their fingers or just by deciding to take a gap year, it's going to be a positive experience, that's a flag for me. Um, Especially this year where formal programs are fewer and far between, um, there's going to be a lot of independent work that needs to happen. And so if you just think that somebody else is going to step in and and do all the work, Mm -hmm. then it's going to be a very, very difficult gap year because it does take a long time. Lot of work by on on the part of the individual um, sometimes if i hear that the parents are thinking this is going to be some sort of magical solution to whatever the problem is whether that is mental health or an unmotivated kid or feeling entitled mm-hmm. this is not therapy um, unless you are registering in a therapeutic gap year program which do exist so if you do need information on that please reach out um, this is self-directed and uh, personal and professional development. So if you're looking for a magic solution to a problem, a gap year is probably not the right thing unless we can find a very, very specialized program to address that specific issue. Um, The other one that I kind of touched on before is that they think it's going to be easy. Um, and that it will come together without any work. Um, if you think about how much work you put into picking your university program, it's the same amount of work, if not more, for planning a gap year. Think about all the hours you spent in the cafeteria listening to different presentations. How many hours did you spend on websites? How many campus tours did you do? In order to make the right decisions, you did a ton of research and it's the exact same for a gap year. So if you're disillusioned and think it's going to be a snap and you're not prepared to put in the work, again, that's a flag for me that maybe a gap year is not the um, the, the right pathway. There's also a subset of people that um, have a very different view on how COVID-19 is going to play out. And um, they they have the expectation that, that COVID restrictions are going to go away soon and things are going to return back to normal. And my big fear with this perception, although it's a very hopeful perception and it can be, it can feel very healthy, I'm concerned that folks with this particular perspective um, will have young people who are going to dream things that are just going to be impossible and they're going to be disappointed again. And let's face it, they've they've experienced enough disappointment this year. So I really want people who have a good understanding of how COVID restrictions are going to play out. We don't know the timelines for travel and we don't know what the workplace situation is going to look like. Um, and for those who need money, jobs are not going to be readily available in the same way that they were in the past. So having a good grasp on um, the way that COVID-19 is going to unfold is really important for me to recognize a gap year when it looks at when I have to look at the individual kid in this situation there's certain characteristics that they have sometimes that send up these flags saying actually this individual not just a circumstance but this individual is not ready um, the first one is a lack of motivation and this is a tricky one because just by pure brain science uh, motivation and initiative are Are really, really challenging for teenagers. So I'm not looking for somebody who gets up for a run at 5 a.m. every morning or has the rest of their life planned out and they're that type A, go get them kind of kid. Um, What I'm looking for is that they have a passion of some kind that they follow through with, some sort of thing that they have committed their energy to and they found an interest in, so that could be a sport, that could be video games, it could be makeup or fashion or um, a YouTube channel that they produce, anything. Just something that they are motivated about and this shows me that they can commit to something that's of interest and that they can follow through. And that quality makes a uh, somebody who is going to be successful on their gap year. If they have nothing that is motivating them, nothing that they have committed to, that they show interest in, then they're going to have a really hard time finding activities to fill an entire year. We need somebody who has that ability to be interested in something. Now, I'm not saying the whole year is going to be centered around, around video games if that's what they're interested in now, but they have that skill to be motivated and then we can find the right activities to plug that skill into a variety of different channels. Another flag for me when it comes to the kid is do they have trouble making decisions? And making decisions is hard for all of us. And, and this decision to go or not to go to university is a big example of that. But if they are paralyzed by decision making, um, that really prevents forward momentum. And there are so many decisions that you have to make on a gap year. So if that is something that is paralyzing, that's a flag for me. Now, having anxiousness around not having a plan is actually a motivator and it is a great tool for somebody to be able to plan a gap year. If they if they have that hunger, that need to have a plan, they're going to do the research and it is going to be a good year. Um, so really when it comes to their ability to make a decision, um, are they coachable? Are they able to be coached to a decision? Not have somebody make the decision for them, but even with some support, can they get to a place where they can make a decision or do they just get lost in analysis paralysis and just keep on keeping on being in that confused state? The last characteristic that comes up is, uh, hopelessness. Um, And this is a really sad one for me because it's often connected with mental health issues that require professional help. And a gap year alone cannot fix hopelessness um, when it is rooted in mental health. And so part of your gap year plan can be to seek professional help, um, but the gap year alone cannot solve that. So I think putting students who are experiencing that that downright despondent hopelessness into an ambiguous situation and asking them to to swim and succeed uh, is is almost cruel. So if they they don't have any spark left in them, it's really time to seek professional help. uh, And that is the best person who's going to advise what the best path forward is. Um, because you do need you do need a spark of hope just a little sliver doesn't you don't need to be looking at rainbows and sunshine and unicorns all day long but just a sliver of hope that things are going to go your way that needs to be there in order to have a successful gap year um So what are the things that I do look for then? Um, The first thing that I look for is that families need to be actively committing to a gap year because they think it's the best fit for their kid. So defaulting into a gap year uh, can be successful, Uh, but it requires a shift in mindset to a place of empowerment, that this is going to be awesome, not this is my plan B. Um, And we need to make that shift as early as possible in order to see the possibility, in order to craft and create and design a year that's really, really exciting for that young person. So actively committing and committing with a positive lens rather than wah-wah I'm taking a gap here, um, So that's something that I do look for. I look for um, supports and relationships. So is, are there family members in place? Does the young person have mentors who are going to help and guide along the way? Um, I look for curiosity and interest. Uh, Are they wanting to explore and to learn and to do something different? And again, this doesn't mean they want to be seeing the rest of the world, but just that there's something in their life that they maybe once upon a time said would be interesting to look into. Um, and, And now they have an opportunity to explore that. So do they have a little bit of curiosity and a little bit of interest in something that we could build a gap year around? The other piece I look for is, uh, are they asking for help and guidance? And recognizing that this is uncharted territory for them and that they... They do have some skills, but they don't have all the knowledge about what is possible and that they don't know what they don't know. That is a huge, huge strength. So a lot of the folks that are already in my network, um, they're already seeking out advice and support. And that is a huge bonus in their area because they're recognizing that things aren't just going to come together super easily, that there are other resources that they need in order to get the most out of their year. So asking for help and guidance uh, is is a huge, huge, huge plus for me and something that I look for parents and families to have. And the last one's a biggie. Are they ready to put in the work? When it comes to a gap year, when it comes to life, you're going to get out what you put in. So if you are prepared to get in there and get dirty and try things out and be creative and ask for help and get the support you need, then this is going to be an amazing year. So if you're just going to sit back and put your feet up, you're probably not going to get off the couch. Um, It's it's all about inertia. And when you set yourself up for success and you have the desire and you're going to put in the work to find the right experience experiences, it's going to come to you. And this is this is a life lesson. And I'm going to go on a little bit of a side tangent here. One of my biggest pet peeves is when people say, Michelle, you are so lucky, you've had so many really cool jobs. And I tell them that luck has nothing to do with it. I work hard. I find opportunities that are out there that meet my interests. I network with people. I connect with people. I create my own path when a path doesn't exist. There isn't very much luck built into that. Um, And the same goes for a gap year. It isn't about luck. It isn't about stumbling across something. It's about putting in the work. And those are the skills that we're going to need moving forward uh, post-pandemic. Those are the skills that are going to make you successful in life. So if you can learn that at 17, 18, 19, and you can leverage those skills on your gap year and you can develop them, Imagine what you're going to do in post-secondary. Imagine what you're going to do in the workforce. Imagine what you're going to do to make this world a better place. So I think if you're ready to put in the work and you feel confident that that your post-secondary plan a year from now is a good one, then a gap year is probably right for you. If you are worried about getting into school next year, if you're worried about missing out on something or being behind um and and that's not something you can get over if you are thinking that this is going to be an easy walk in the park then you know what a gap year might not be for you so i i think that i hope that some of these these ideas either you you feel were you or were not you and and is helping you in your decision moving forward um And you might notice that my list didn't include a ton of things that were specifically related to COVID-19. Um, and, and that's because the circumstances are different, but that doesn't change who a gap year is right for. It just means that more people are considering it and that it is on more people's radar because the alternative is looking different. So um, I am still doing the same work that I have always done. It's just factoring in these new circumstances and the new restrictions around COVID-19. So if you're listening to this podcast, um, you're already exploring a gap year. You're already putting in the work to do the research and to learn. And you obviously care about this decision. And so there is an audience bias already built in. So if you're there, you're probably a good fit for a gap year. Um and I am so grateful that you're, you're leaning on my expertise and my resources to help guide you in your decision making. And I am here to, to help you further. If you, if you do need an individual call, please head to the website and book a call with me at www.cangap, C-A-N as in Nancy, G-A-P as in Peter, dot C-A slash call. And uh, you can book a, 30, a free 30-minute chat with me and we can chat through this discussion. And if you need a little bit of support, kind of envisioning what is possible for your gap year, I'm hosting online workshops uh, called Explore Dream and Design Your Gap Year. Uh, And you can head to cangap.ca slash online workshop and find out when our next workshop is because it really is a great way to be able to compare apples to apples. So what does it look like to have uh, an online experience? We have a pretty good idea of what that is going to look like for for post-secondary, but you have to be able to compare that to what is going to be possible on your gap year. And that's really what this workshop will help you do, is is get some traction and some ideas of what your year could look look like in the future uh, if you do choose the gap year pathway. So I hope that this was helpful. Um, These are just some of my thoughts and some of the things that I look for and some of the things that might help you in your decision making process. So if you do need that additional support, don't hesitate to reach out. I'm always here and just a phone call away. So until next time, keep on adventuring. (coughs)